three solid weeks without MuggleCast and one new podcast award later. This is MuggleCast episode 58 for October 8th, 2006. GoDaddy hosting plans are now more powerful than ever. Best of all, plans start at just $3.95 a month. And no matter what plan you choose, your site receives 24-7 maintenance and protection in the GoDaddy.com world-class data center. Use them for your upcoming website or podcast today by using a special offer from MuggleCast and GoDaddy. Enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. What you want? Hey, what are you up to? You, do you know how people always like to be redundant? You know what I'm saying? Like, pin number and ATM machine. Do you know why they do that? Why would they do that? Because there's... Oh, come on. Is that all you can come up with? Okay, it, sounds, it sounds better as ATM machine. I say ATM machine, too. But, it's come on. Perfectly acceptable to say ATM machine. Oh, really? So, so, uh, how's Notre Dame this time of year? I'm curious. Notre Dame is glorious. Glorious. The are turning colors. The football team is winning. And... Hey, did they, how did they do against Michigan? I was curious. I mean, what? <laughs> how did they do against Michigan? <laughs> how did they do against Michigan? Uh, against Michigan State, we won in a heroic comeback. Right, right. What about Michigan the week before that? Well, what about Michigan? Everybody has bad games. And uh, I blame the refs. Yeah, <laughs> you blame the refs. Uh, well, we thought we'd check in on you. We haven't checked in on you in a few weeks. Best game and at least six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. We're missing you, man. I mean, you haven't we haven't seen you forever. We haven't touched base with you in so long. You know, we thought we'd spy on Sparts. That's cool, Ben. What did you think of the Michigan State game? I enjoyed the Michigan State game. It was it was a great game. What do you think about Michigan State? What? about Michigan State? It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Why did it suck? Because it was huge. I mean, it was like bigger than, it was like 85 moundridges put together. <laughs> That's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Emerson, well, we'll let you go. I just want to see what was up. I'll see you later. Bye. So, ladies and gentlemen, oh boy. we just spied on Sparts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Oh, it's been a while since I last heard your voices. Well, <laughs> you, we don't really talk yeah. to you here. Anyway, <laughs> Big club there, Andrew. You know what I'm saying. Welcome back to the show. I'm Andrew. I'm Ben. I'm Laura. And I'm Micah. This is the show where we bring you the latest in Harry Potter news, theories, discussions, and so much more, including that fantastic spy on Sparks. What a way to open the show. How long, how long have we been away? We even skipped an episode. Just because we've been away for so long. (laughs) Episode 57 is unreleased and might be unreleased for some time. However, it does exist and it will go out eventually. And by eventually, I could mean five years. It's going to be a heck of a show to edit together. (laughs) But point is, how's everyone doing? I'm good. I miss everybody, though. so sad. I miss everyone. I miss everyone, too. Except Laura. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I miss Laura, too. No, I'm really not that bad of a guy. These people know me in person, even though oftentimes really I'm perceived this this as this grumpy, 
teenager. It's really not that way. I'm I'm fun loving. Sure, I make comments that cross the line occasionally. <laughs> occasionally. Like cause controversy. <laughs> and I like to cause controversy from time to time, but hey, I'm still fun. I'm it's all I'm joyous. Yeah. I'm Yeah. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> that subway, I'm telling you what. You must have had a subway before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> In case anyone is wondering, Jamie Lawrence is back in Durham where he's settling down in Codge and Eric Skull. Well, we just didn't invite him this week. But point is... Well, we tried to invite Jamie. Jamie was originally slated to be on this week, but his internet, his internet conveniently... Didn't work. Fell out. Yeah. Oh, we should... Oh, there's, there's a good thing to insert at the end of the show. Me and Ben were trying to help him out with his thing, and we were recording his Skype because he talks really slow. So maybe we'll include that at the end of the show. Actually, no. Maybe we'll just tease you with it. It was so funny because... I like that better. He sounded like... I don't know, like... He just woke up or... He took like a hundred painkillers and he could barely talk. He was slow. It sounded like he was <laughs> yeah. slurring his speech. He was like... <laughs> yeah. It was it was hilarious. We'll include a quick soundbite of that at the end of the show this week. Alright. Stop recording. Well, we have a fantastic show for everyone this week, but before we do anything else, Micah Tannenbaum is standing by in the MuggleCast News Center for the past week's top Harry Potter news stories. The winners of this year's Sci-Fi Genre Awards were announced last week, and Goblet of Fire won the Best Movie Award. Emma Watson took Best Actress and Best Young Actor, while Dan Radcliffe won Best Actor and was the runner-up for Best Young Actor. Try saying that five times. Speaking of the fourth film, HBO will begin airing Goblet of Fire on November 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll then replay numerous times through the end of the month. A making of special will also air through the entire month, starting on November 7th at 6.45 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In a new interview, Julie Walters, the Mrs. Weasley actress, discusses Order of the Phoenix director David Yates and explains how he captures the emotional depth of the book and the atmosphere he creates on set. Wrapping up movie news, Toby Jones, the man who voiced Dobby in the second Potter flick, recently told MTV that the ex-house elf won't be making an appearance in Order of the Phoenix, but Creature will. As part of Banned Books Week, held last week to raise awareness of books that have been challenged in communities across the U.S., the American Library Association asked 5,000 people what their favorite banned book was. Unsurprisingly, the Potter series came out on top. To Kill a Mockingbird and James and the Giant Peach came in second and third place, respectively. What's so bad about James and while we're on the topic of banning, as we reported previously, the Georgian mother, Laura Mallory, who campaigned for the Harry Potter books to be removed from Gwinnett County School Libraries because fundamentally they promote and glorify witchcraft, is back at it again. After the Gwinnett Board of Education ruled the books would remain on shelves, Mallory, unsatisfied with the outcome, appealed the decision in a second hearing earlier this week. Mallory rehashed her previous points regarding why the book should go, saying witchcraft is being mainstreamed to our kids today, but people are not aware of it. We think these books are fantasies, but Wicca is a real recognized religion. But everyone, don't worry. It's okay. I hear Laura's actually headed down there right now to set her straight. On a more positive note, we're proud to announce that MogulCast won the top prize at the 2006 Podcast Awards in Ontario, California. The People's Choice category was awarded to us after receiving over 100,000 votes from listeners and fans. Thanks to everyone who provided their support through the entire voting process, including our friends at Pottercast, who we teamed up with. They received their award for Best Entertainment Podcast. Also, if you weren't able to join us out in the borders in Westwood for our live show in Los Angeles, California, the show is now available for download and the transcript will be posted shortly. Finally, J.K. Rowling has been updating her site quite a bit lately. I wonder why that is. Hmm. 
That's all the news for this October 7th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. Okay, thank you, Micah. Thanks. Oh, Andrew. oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> hey, oh, you're welcome. Hey, Micah, I have a funny story. Okay. <laughs> Jamie calls you Micah. What do you think of that? It's pretty funny, isn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> Jamie's British, so we all have our faults. Yeah. Oh. Hey, we have a MySpace. Oh, that was pretty. That was that's pretty bad. Hey, people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't send me massive amounts of emails. Just that, hey, everyone. I'm gonna get. A okay, thumb. you're done. You're done, Micah. Sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, everyone. We have a MuggleCast MySpace now. You want you want to admit it or not? You have a MySpace, and you can visit ours at myspace.com/slash/MuggleCastFans. Become our friend and then help spread the word about MuggleCast because we're trying to get the word out more. Besides, you know, we just promote it on MuggleNet. It's time to spread further because mm-hmm. about one-fifth of the world visits MuggleNet. But what about the other four-fifths? Where do they go? MySpace. So that's why we're on MySpace. And Facebook. We also have a Facebook, so do just do a search for MuggleCast and we should show up uh, there as a group. And if you can't find uh, the MuggleCast Facebook, you can – Add me as your friend, and then I you can get it through me. So, just <laughs> hmm, that sounds suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> I need more Facebook friends. <laughs> it almost doesn't sound like you're having a competition with Jamie to see who can get more Facebook friends. No, never, never, never. <laughs> ben Chain, remember the name. S C H O E N. Oh, it's it's wonderful to be back recording again. So, hey Andrew, yes, what ben. did you what did you think of California the podcast? How it was super. Thanks for asking, Ben. <laughs> no. I, I thought it was fun, yeah, too. Like, I mean, it was it was a great time. Yeah, it was. There was about 300 people that showed up. It was very intimate. And, um, That's what I liked about it. Was it? Yeah, it was a different setting, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We were on the second floor, and uh, it's like this room. It was like a circular room, and uh, there were only about a little under 100 seats, and um, there was a lot of people standing around the outside. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of fan interaction, too. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot, too. And if you guys don't remember, this was the day that I had the 36 inches of Subway along with the pizza. And, well, I just like to clear something up because earlier this week I got an email from angry at disgusted.com. <laughs> Way to use your real email yeah, in case yeah, we want to contact you back with a legit uh, answer. And here's here's what they said. I always liked you guys a lot, but you have gotten so pathetic – well, one of you, anyway. <laughs> that I think I may just listen to Leaky from now on. Who's going to do that? Ooh. Ben keeps begging people to send him subway cards. That itself is disgusting because you have gone to like New York and L.A. in the last six months while people listening sit at home. And even if we have the money, we have to work to get it. And you ask us to send you stuff, which you don't even sound like you appreciate unless it is money or gift cards, something like that. Only Laura ever sound like she cares if people take the time to make her something that didn't cost money. Taking Aww. good job, Laura. Talking about your mailbox and asking for people to give you things is totally conceited anyway. But then after talking about the battle against childhood obesity, the famous one, so people will send him free stuff, Ben goes and is bragging about how he ate three foot long subs at once. What a jerk. There are kids in the world who don't get have any food. There are kids in America who don't. And there are kids who seriously battle weight problems. That is so insulting to both groups. Better to ask people to send money to buy food for people in Darfur 
or, or some place where children are starving than to feed Ben's face. I like I listen to hear about Harry Potter, not to hear about hear people who just went to Disney World and WB Studios and whatever begged me to send them cards to get free food so they can act like a hog. It's really sad that Ben behaves like this and the rest of you like Jamie encourage it and think it is funny. You may all be older than me, but you sure don't act like it. You should all apologize, especially Ben, and you should give the cards to a homeless shelter or something f to feed people who really are hungry. You may have just won a People's Choice Award. I'm sorry now that I voted for you, but you're, you are not my choice any longer. Oh, oh. That hurts. That hurts. Disappointed at disgusted. Yeah, I just have a few things to say about this. First of all, I don't remember the last time in an episode when I asked for Subway gift cards. They kind of just kept coming, and I thank people for them. Whatever. I mean, you don't have to send them. It's not like you're obligated to. If you feel Darfur or one of those other situations is something better to send your money to, go ahead and do that. I mean, I'm not saying you're obligated to send your money to me. <laughs> That's Operation not the case CDN. at all. Yeah, go or SaveDarfur.org com or whatever it is. You don't have to send the, the, anything to me. I mean, actually, from now on, send your money to Darfur. I don't need it. I can buy my own subway. Oh, okay? wonderful. wonderful. Second of all, I don't feel it's conceited for us to ask things because people like to send us stuff. I mean, it's not like we're constantly asking for things. We say, hey, send whatever to our P.O. box. It's not arrogant. Thirdly, the battle against childhood obesity. She brought up how it's pathetic that I went and ate 36 inches of subway. Actually, when I was eating the 36 inches of subway, I thought of this. First of all, I want everyone to know that none of the Subway gift cards went towards purchasing that 36 inches. All that money came out of my own pocket. I knew that would be unethical of the sorts. Secondly, I've already lost weight, and you know I, I'm still health conscious. It's not like I go out eating 36 inches of Subway every day because then I would be the, the posterhood child for childhood obesity. Um, the posterhood, the poster child for childhood obesity. Um <laughs> Another thing is they mentioned how I should give these Subway gift cards to a homeless shelter. Well, coincidentally enough, um, one night when we were in Los Angeles, we stayed, in, we stayed downtown, and there's a Subway right around the corner. Anyways, we went down around the corner to the Subway, Andrew and I did, and on the way back, we got approached by a homeless person who said, guys, I am very hungry right now. I have diabetes. I really need to eat something. It's absolutely necessary, or else I'm going to have to go to the hospital. I don't have the money for this. And, you know, I didn't have any cash on me. So what did I do? Andrew, tell him what I did. You gave that homeless man a Subway gift card. Worth $10. $10. I gave the homeless man a $10 Subway gift card. So I don't think it's appropriate to accuse me of being undeserving and arrogant and all that when my intentions are good. So from now yeah. on, from now on, don't send me Subway gift cards. Put your money towards Sudan or whatever. I mean, I, you never had to do it in the first place. It's It's always just been an option, so... Yeah, I ask you, from now on, don't send me Subway gift cards. Send the money to a better cause. SaveDarfur.org. Yeah. Guys, we're just having Very fun. Charitable. We're not, you know, we're not demanding anything. Yeah. We're just messing around trying to have some fun. Uh, so anyway, we also wanted to uh, address some podcast iPod troubles that have been uh, coming in. We've been getting a lot of complaints lately that uh, MuggleCast screws up your iPods. And this isn't true. It's actually a problem that occurred with the latest iPod software update, what's been happening is, for some reason, uh, when you put, not this doesn't happen with everyone's iPods, but when you put podcasts on your iPod, uh, for some reason they freeze and restart or something like that. Luckily, I didn't have the problem, uh, but a couple of people did, so we've been getting a lot of emails. Just I just want to make it clear, it's not MuggleCast screwing up your iPod, your iPod. it's uh, Apple, blame them. 
Okay. Uh, also, and of course, the big story of the week. Well, we've been off a couple weeks. But yeah. <laughs> the big story. <laughs> Sorry about that. And we wanted way. to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah. We apologize. Um, it's it's rough coming back from a trip and then trying to put a show together because especially during the school year because we had all you know we all had a lot of schoolwork to make up and business to attend to outside of the podcast. So anyway. MuggleCast did win the People's Choice Award at the 2006 Podcast Awards back on September 29th. Seems like ages we were all ago. there. Yeah. On a, it was only like a... Actually, it was a week ago uh, today, today. Right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as we record we're this show. we on Friday night. This is what we do on Friday night, guys. We don't, <laughs> we, we don't have, we we don't have record friends. MuggleCast. We don't have friends. Yeah. Friends, what are those? What are friends? <laughs> friends? What? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we... Um, yeah, so we won the podcast award. It was a great event. We had a lot of fun. What did you guys think of it? I thought it was it was nice. I mean, it was good to go around and meet other people who are involved in podcasting and all that. So, yeah, I'm grateful that we had the opportunity to do that. Of course, next year we won't be eligible. So thanks to all the people who voted for us. Um, Andrew yeah. and I had a chance to speak with uh, the person who conducted the uh, pretty much the whole, whole organizer of the event afterwards. And he pretty much told us that we crushed everybody. So that's thanks to yeah. you guys. He was blown away. Yeah. He was he was so surprised that Harry Potter could, you know, attract so many people and so many people would vote for us. So yeah, good job everybody. Right. It was really great because there were tons of other very, very popular shows there. And I had people coming up to me saying, You're on Mugglecast and they knew who we were, which was just it was so flattering because it was like, wow, you know, you're a pretty big show and here you are shaking my hand. So it was just great to go right. and get to see all these different people. Yeah. It was great meeting all the new po- – well, not the new. It was great meeting all the podcasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I met uh, Don and Drew from the Don and Drew show. Uh, my, my my buds Patrick and Adam from Nobody Likes Honey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is Leo Laporte. Yeah, we met Leo. Andrew and I met Leo. We, Jamie. we shook his, Yeah, Jamie was there too. We shook his hand. We had a good time with Leo. He told us he, he told us he was so, very uh, impressed what we were doing. Yeah, the podcaster of the year, people. He loves us. Wasn't yeah, also a priest <laughs> from the Vatican. Yeah, that awards? was pretty Catholic cool. Catholic insider. insider. Actually, the number two search result if you search for Harry Potter podcast. Hmm. Yeah, because he does some Harry Potter stuff from time to time. Very good. So that was that was the podcast awards, and uh, thanks they to all the work on seating for next year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seating didn't go very well, but. We walked in and there were like five seats left. And right, let's so, put it this way: it was so, so popular. So what we did is, uh, I grabbed a chair. Andrew sat on my lap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Jamie sat on his. Kevin sat on his, and then Laura was on the very top. <laughs> Before we get to our main discussion, we want to let everyone know that we will, uh, in I guess like three or four weeks. I uh, have a special episode of MuggleCast that focuses around the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix video game, where we will be speaking with producers of uh, the fifth the fifth video game from Electronic Arts. It's going to be a nerd fest galore. Yay! Yay, Kevin! Yeah, Kevin, Kevin would definitely be excited about that. So, but we need your help. This is why we're bringing it up on the show. We want you guys to send in your questions that you have about the Order of the Phoenix video game. Two one two one eight twenty magic. Kevin is gonna have a th- super time going through all the voicemails and picking out uh, some questions for him. We're gonna choose like fifteen to twenty questions to post them, um, and then you'll hear their answers on the show. And what was I gonna say? 
Oh, uh, be, we'll, we'll put some links to uh, some information about the video game on MuggleCast.com, and also MuggleNet will be promoting it there, too, um, so that, that you guys can read up more about the game and then, you know, get some questions for them. Uh, we got a little preview of this game uh, when me, Melissa, and John hit up the Order of the Phoenix set. It's looking like a great game. It's very interactive. You can go around the entire school, do what you want, mess around. Um, so I'm sure everyone will have a lot of questions for them. And the EA guys are really cool. So for more information, visit MuggleCast.com. Also, wasn't Harry Potter on Jeopardy the other day? Oh, yeah. Yes, it was, it Ben. Was. Actually, I, um, someone sent me in the questions. They were they were completely lame. Oh, my gosh. Let me read, let me read a few of them to you. Because you, you guys all know how uh, Jeopardy works. They give you the answer, and you have to say the question. And it says, um, in this sport... Harry plays the position of seeker. Okay, seriously, it's be. Joking. Are you kidding me? Yeah, uh, and it says a half giant. He's the gamekeeper of Hogwarts. Who is Umbridge? Hogrid. Ron and Harry use this unusual transport to get to Hogwarts for their second year. Then, Harry's nemesis, <laughs> this member of Slytherin, has a dad named Lucius who is a supporter of Voldemort. Then. Any cat could tell you that she teaches transfiguration magic at Hogwarts. <laughs> yep. These are the exact questions are... they appeared on the cards, but yeah, that's some really difficult questions. A little too easy. Yeah, no. But I guess I guess if it was uh not everyone's read Harry Potter. It was it was like teen week, so I think that's why they asked. Yeah, Joe's wombats were nothing next to those questions, huh? Speaking, Speaking of, the of wombats, wombats, yeah, good transition there. <laughs> yeah. So how I mean, did everyone Andrew, do Andrew, on their Andrew, wombats? Andrew, how'd you do on your wombats? I was curious. Oh, I did great. I got a uh, nothing because I didn't take it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're, yeah, we're sorry excuses for Harry Potter fans. I can I can feel the hate mail coming already, and I can hear I can hear all of you booing us right now because we didn't take. Well, the we wombats. sort of you have know what? I can proudly say that despite being in Los Angeles, see that's that's these guys' excuse. They're saying, "Well, we were in L.A. We, we were, too were busy distracted." To take it. I took my wombats, and I got an exceeds expectations. Thank you very much. Oh, very good. Very good. What what was the second round like? Was it any harder than the first round? You know what? I honestly thought that the first one was harder. I got an acceptable the first oh. time, and I thought the questions were a lot more difficult. But at the same time, did, you had to really be paying attention to the books to do well on this, I think. Did this second round focus around a certain style of questions, or what? What, what, um, what were some of the questions? God, let me remember. Um... It asked. It had some stuff about magical creatures, like the first one. Um, there was actually one question that um, it's. It was all about Muggles, like this one section that was about them. And one of the questions I specifically remember, it said Muggles are, and it had all of these little check boxes with like opinions below it. Like and one of ignorant, them said, "Danger, yeah. inferior to wizards, <laughs> insensitive to their surroundings, interesting or rating facts of life." For yeah. example. <laughs> <laughs> I I liked irritating facts of life, but I didn't choose that one. Wait, are there correct answers for these? I missed out on taking the wombats the first time, so I was, I'm, I'm still disappointed in myself. Oh jeez, because you never know when they're gonna close the door, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna take the wombats, and I log on the MuggleNet and says the door is now closed. Like, no, yeah. <laughs> Micah, do you think you could get Joe to open the door back up? Come on, Micah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. I'm telling on, you, do it. October 31st, she's going to reveal, reveal the title of Book 7. I'm All not right. joking. Are you pretty that. sure, Micah? Oh, Micah. Micah, do you have, do you have some kind of uh, inside 
source. You know, I, I think it would be really creepy if the night of the show I had said, oh, she's going to open the door later tonight, and then we all went back. And, <laughs> well, you guys have an interesting story. Didn't you guys get woken up? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's that, 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 a lame story. That, that's a great story. Go ahead, tell okay. the story. I'll it, tell it. I'll tell it. It, it was awesome. <laughs> I can't stand it. Okay. Um, See, now a- here's the thing. Let, let me say something first. If you listened to Pottercast earlier this week, they told like a completely different version of the story <laughs> that doesn't really? make sense at all. But anyway, go ahead. Okay, here's yeah. what really happened. It was yeah. about – it was probably like <laughs> 9 a.m. When, when you say? Yeah. yeah. It was about 9 a.m. and I get a knock at the door. And we're in LA. We're in Los Angeles. Andrew and I in one bed, and uh, Jamie and someone else in the other. Anyways, I, I get a knock. I, I get a knock at the door, and uh, um, I, I go to the door, and I'm like, "Who could this be? Who's knocking?" They open it up, and Sue Sue Upton from TLC standing at the door, saying, "Ben, Ben, oh my God, Ben, the door's open. The door's open." And I'm like, <laughs> "What? The door? What door is open? I know the door is open." I, and then she said. <laughs> No, JKRowling.com, the door is open. And apparently she had some text message notification service, so when she updated her site, the door <laughs> it sent her a text message or something, or someone called her, mm. something like that. Anyways, I go back to I, – I wasn't about to post news because I was so tired. So I go back to the bed, and I start prodding Andrew. I'm like, Andrew, get up. Andrew, come on. The door's open, Andrew. And he rolls over me. He's like, no, it's not. She wasn't telling the truth. I was like, oh, yes, Andrew. It's a big conspiracy. <laughs> Melissa and Sue are sitting over there no, plotting against us. No, I didn't say this. that. Well, I did say that. I was like, yeah, they're, they're sitting there that... plotting against us. Like, oh, we can go wake him up and get him out of bed and get him all riled up if we tell him the door's open. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I was still sleeping. I didn't know Sue came to the door. So when yeah, you came to the It's classic me to just to mess with him that I'd say something like, <laughs> Oh yeah, Sue came to the door and she wants you to get up and post about it. But in reality, so Ben kept bugging me, yeah. and it got to the point where I was ready to throw him through the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was like, Come I just... on, just post it. Post it now, because you know, of course, TLC they they waited about two and a half hours until after they'd posted it to come get us <laughs> up. You know, uh, and uh, so then I went on MuggleNet. <laughs> To see if Kieran posted it, and he didn't. So I went and I checked out like the details, like how to open it up, and it was so much. I was just like, "I'll oh, forget this. I'm going back to." Bed. And so, so we messaged. We messaged Kieran. We said Kieran posted it, and he gladly, yeah. he gladly obliged. But yeah, it was a mess. It that was funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so there's our story. I, I was so annoyed with you. Uh, no one wake me in the morning. But you guys are happy with these results, right? I mean, stuff is happening at least. What results? Your results? Mike Tan and Anchorman gets results. Oh yeah, it's all because of you, Mike. She's scared of you, dude. It's funny. Somebody in uh, Los Angeles, when we were at the uh, podcast, gave me a shirt that says Joe updated her site because I told her to. That's awesome. So, nice. <laughs> so nice. thank you to whoever gave that to me. So, so Micah, that that is your prediction. October thirty first, we're going to see October thirty first. I'm I'm going to stick with the title. I know she's going to do an update, but I'm going to go big with it. I'm going to say she's going to reveal the title. No, Micah. Micah, you don't And say what are you putting on the line here? What if you're wrong? <laughs> yeah. You got to do something well, if you're wrong. I'm, I'm going to look pretty stupid. <laughs> Hold on, Micah. You have to say it with confidence. You have to say the release date. Yeah, the, the title yeah. will be released October 31st. No question okay. about it, okay? Okay. Yeah. The title, ahead, book it. seven. No, more, no, 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 more, more force. Come on, Micah. It's kind of angry. You have to, yeah, lay down the gun. Throw well, it, it doesn't need here. to be angry though. It just, yeah. Well, I know, but it has to be forceful. It has to be <laughs> like right. you're in control. All right. The title of book seven will be released on October 31st. Are you sure, Micah? 
Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. <laughs> wow, 100%. Oh, guys, you heard it here first. I don't know who you're talking to. Yeah. Guys, imagine if the title really is released, how how much praise we're going to get, how much praise Mike is going to get. Yeah. yeah. Micah Tan gets results. <laughs> well, because she's still deciding between two titles, so um, it's it's kind of funny. She came up with the second title on uh, in New York City while she was taking a shower. I'll tell you what, that New York City water really gets you moving. <laughs> Watch, she'll do it on November 1st, just to spite me. <laughs> yeah, that would really stink, wouldn't it? Well, um, let's talk some Harry Potter now, guys. Uh, this week we're going to talk about the Department of Mysteries, but more specifically, the veil. Now, Micah, you told me that you got an interesting email about this from a listener, talking about what they thought the veil was. Yeah, I'm going to credit them, too. Dana14 of Ohio sent in a message saying... On episode 56, you put out the theory that Harry could get past the veil using his invisibility cloak. That got me thinking of some way the two could be connected. I thought that maybe the veil itself was made of the same material as the cloak. So when people pass through, they don't die, they just become invisible. That could be why Harry and Luna can still hear the voices. And they were just wondering what they thought. And of course, they loved the show. Well, we all know that... Um, the invisibility cloak is made out of the fur from a demiguise, which we all know very well because of a certain trivia contest in Las Vegas. You mean the one that we won? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> now, I was going through Order of the well, Order of the Phoenix and Sorcerer's Stone, and I looked at the descriptions for both of them, and the invisibility cloak is described as being fluid, um, laying on the floor in gleaming folds, shining like water woven into material. Now, when you look at the description for the veil, it's described as being tattered, rippling, ragged. I got the impression of the veil that it was just a veil. It wasn't woven out of any kind of creature's fur, not to mention it's black. The invisibility cloak was described as being silvery gray. So what do you think about that, Micah? I just don't think that it could be made out of the same material. It's a good theory, though. Yeah, it's definitely a good theory. Um... It's just one of those things that you have to sort of take into consideration and, you know, mm-hmm. sort of analyze. Um, but based upon the descriptions that you, you know, you, that you just went over, it's probably not. But I mean, there's different forms of, of material, you of the same material, rather. You, you just can't rule it out because they're different colors. Mm-hmm. There still has to be something more to the veil, though, because, well, we'll, we'll get into this later on. Obviously, there, there has to be. But because... Why would Harry and Luna only be able to hear voices beyond it if you're trying to relate it to the invisibility cloak? Because they've both though, seen death. Andrew, because sorry, Ben. I was saying that, like the Thestrals, you had to hear, you had to see someone die in order to actually see the Thestrals. Thestrals, right? Maybe it has something what? to do with that. Do you guys think that Joe is kind of pulling a fast one on us here? Kind of assuming that we will think that the veil is all about death, because if you'll remember, it wasn't just Harry and Luna; it was Neville and Ginny too. It said that they were both staring at the veil entranced. Ron and Hermione were the only ones who weren't affected by it. And we know that Harry, Luna, and Neville have all witnessed death, but we don't know about Ginny. When would she have witnessed a death? When did Neville witness Well, Ginny was death? in the Chamber of Secrets. Right, but I don't I know mean, if there's any death going on there. Yeah. Are we sure that death has a direct connection to this, though? That's what I'm saying, though. I'm saying that because of Ginny... There has to be some sort of different connection between those four people. Otherwise, that otherwise Ginny would have had to have seen a death. She almost saw a death in Chamber of Secrets when Harry was. But he didn't. Died. He didn't die. 
He almost died. But that doesn't count. Yeah, but that's different. It's like almost, almost I almost, I almost, yeah, hand grenades. I almost won a million dollars. Doesn't mean you're a millionaire. But if someone close to Ginny died, wouldn't the chances be that that person was close to Ron too? Yeah. What about Neville though? Who who did he witness? His grandfather, I think. I remember during oh, okay. their care of magical I just wasn't creatures sure. lesson, they were looking at the Thestrals, and Haggard asked him who he'd seen die. Oh, okay. But it just there's something about it that doesn't seem natural. Like, when you think about it, there's no actual archway to the afterlife. It's not like, for instance, you know, they go into the Department of Mysteries and there's this veil there. It's not like you walk into the White House and there is some sort of veil leading you to leading you to death. But it just seems bizarre to me that this would be here. Why do you guys think that the ministry built this thing or well of course i mean it's not like it's going to just appear out of nowhere it's if it's a veil yeah well here's the thing i and i hate talking about the movies because to me it sounds arrogant because i'm like i saw the set (laughs) but they had an artist rendering of the veil on the set and we talked about this at the leaky mug this is the only reason i'm bringing it up wb (laughs) i'm like you know we're not gonna spill all the details here but from the artist rendering, you could tell that it looks like the ministry was built around it. That veil was connected to the rock. This, this, it's hard to explain because I was really surprised by it because it didn't, it wasn't like your traditional veil. It looked very, the whole thing looked very old and tattered and it looked, it was crooked and it was all weird, but it definitely looked like the ministry was built around it because it was connected to the rock. The veil was connected to the rock, the ground. And you have to wonder what kind of input J.K. Rowling has when those things are created. Well, I remember I remember people saying that with the death scene – I mean not the death scene, but the beginning of Sorcerer's Stone in the, in the movie where um, like where Voldemort comes into Harry's house and he kills his parents or whatever. And you see like – there's just a scene at the beginning. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, J.K. Rowling had a say in that. It was like very specific yeah. about what went on. So it could be likely that – Joe said, "Yeah, the 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 veil is built. The ministry was built around the veil, you know. But to me, to me, what I think that the veil is just a, a place where, um, like I don't know, it's like where they study death. You know, I've heard that theory quite a bit, and it makes sense mm-hmm. because well, it's, it's not a theory. Joe actually said that. Was it she really? Yeah. Well, then, yeah. In then, the then, interview then, with Emerson and Melissa. Sorry, I feel so out of the loop. Uh, Melissa said, was it used as an execution chamber, or just studying and?'" J.K. Rowling said, no, it's just studying. The Department of Mysteries is all about studying. They study the mind, the universe, death. And in this case, uh, where the veil is, was the the death room or something. Mm -hmm. It's called the death room or something like that. Now, if we're assuming that the ministry was built around this veil and this archway, what is it about it that they're trying to keep so secret? Because I don't really think that we can assume, I've seen a lot of people assuming, that when you die in the wizarding world, you go beyond the veil. And I don't think that's so, because if that were the case, then the veil would be common knowledge. Like, people would think of it as, like, going to heaven, or doing, you know, whatever a specific person's yeah, something, religion. Something has, something has to be special about the veil itself, mm-hmm. for that for that it, to be in the Department of Mysteries. Like, what's so mysterious about it when you go through the veil, is it really the afterlife that you're going to? Because, I mean, does it make sense for them to hide it then? I mean, what's the big deal? Why is it hidden? What's so secretive mm-hmm. about it? And Well, it has to be protected because then anyone could just jump through it and kill themselves. Right, but you can kill yourself in a multitude of ways. It's like saying we should 
yeah, but that way so shotguns so people can't kill themselves. I mean, also the thing is, they were transfixed by it. They were they were attracted to it. It's not just that you can so easily die by walking through it, but you can also inadvertently become attracted to it. It it pulls you in. Yeah. So do you guys think it's evil? How could it be evil? Because if it well, if it causes death, Harry said that. Hang on, I've got the quote here. It says. Harry felt a very strong inclination to climb up on the dais and walk through it. Now, if it causes death and it makes you want to walk through it, I'm going to assume that it's not a good thing. I don't know. It's like, it's like a cat. When it looks at something shiny, it wants to touch it. Okay, but a cat doesn't die when it touches something shiny. <laughs> well, Harry doesn't know that. Harry doesn't know blender, when you walk through it. <laughs> Harry doesn't know if you walk through it, you're going to die. So, of course, you might want to go up to him and be like, whoa, uh, what's this? Yeah, but still, if it kills you, if it draws you in and unexpectedly kills you, it's kind of evil, Well, right, isn't it? right. <laughs> I guess, I but how could... Raised... I mean, you're coming to a conclusion that it draws you in. I mean, you could just... I, I see what you're saying, but I wouldn't consider it... Well, I mean, it's natural. It's natural. Evil. Okay, <laughs> it's a thing. Okay, if you see, like, it's like a, calling a tree evil. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. If you see, no. Hold on a second. If you see a, <laughs> you're trying to kill me. You're not putting out enough oxygen. Yeah. If you see, if you see a hole in the wall, I mean, you're you're mm-hmm. automatically going to be intrigued by it, interested by it, regardless right. of whether what's on the other. You want to you want to figure out what's on the other side. I mean, the reason that Sirius fell through the veil wasn't because, you know, he was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. It was because he got knocked. Back into it by Bellatrix. Yeah, look, listen to this. Order of the Phoenix, chapter 34, page 775. It says, On the other side, Ginny and Neville were staring, apparently entranced at the veil, too. Was this after Sirius died? No, this was before, whenever they were exploring. And these four, Harry, Luna, Neville, and Ginny, were all entranced by it, while Ron and Hermione were saying, Come on, you guys, I can't hear anything. Let's go. Well, then it it probably has Mm. to... To relate with seeing death, then. Well, then, doesn't that beg the question, who has Ginny seen die? The basilisk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about Tom Riddle? Yeah. We never thought of that. He didn't die, though. It, he yeah, wasn't... yeah, he did. He's, I mean, depends he what wasn't a person. Dying. He, was, he was a piece of a soul. He was shattered. Yes, and I've got mm-hmm. I've gotten the impression from Joe that whenever you, you know, you break your soul up like that, you don't count as being alive anymore. Haggard even said it. He's not even alive. Oh, he's alive, but just... He just exists. He's a fragment of what he used to be. <laughs> but yeah. something... But to go... go ahead, Micah. I just wanted to go back to what you said before about the veil being the... Is it the only barrier between life and death? Mm-hmm. It's interesting because if you think that it is, then that drawing that Andrew brought up kind of makes more sense because then if that is the only passageway... The ministry, it makes sense for it to be built around it. Mm-hmm. But if it's not, if there is some other passageway out there, it, it kind of – you want to know how did it get there? Well, you know, how did it get to the ministry? Right. Well, is it possible that the veil could be like where – you know, right, right now if I died, it's only – I can't come back from being dead. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So is it possible – if Harry like goes to the veil and tosses a rope down there, it's serious, serious. Yeah. <laughs> he just pull pull him on out. No, I mean, like, but not 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 that really. I mean, is yeah, it possible but... first serious to return since the way that he died was going through the veil? If you get what I'm saying. I don't think so because if you look at the way the veil is described, it's not like it's a veil leading into another room. Harry went around and looked at the other side of it. It was literally like he fell through that archway and disappeared. 
But is the veil a one-way street, or is it a... It's got to be a one-way street, because otherwise Lupin wouldn't have said to Harry that Sirius is dead, he's not coming back. If there was a chance, if somehow people could come out of that veil, I think he would have said so. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that, unless that is sort of the passageway into the beyond, that then why would they? every the single wizard that dies or witch that dies is behind there. Yeah, but why it, wouldn't you know they know I mean? about it? You know, if if that's where everyone goes when they die... How could they not? How could it not become a knowledge? But but Lupin seems to know though. Well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's truly an afterlife. It's I think it's like a gateway to the afterlife. I mean, it's not right. like saying beyond behind the veil is. I mean, it's like be, behind the veil would probably be like your you know depending on what religion are your heaven, your hell, whatever, your paradise, Abraham's bosom, or whatever, wherever you believe in. And um, mm. I'm not sure that like. They would think, oh, be, behind the veil is, uh, is like behind the veil is behind the veil. Like that's a location, you know. I, I assume they think when they die, they go to heaven, hell, like their own form of their own afterlife, not necessarily beyond the veil. You know, they don't think of dying going beyond the veil. Do you think you it's a saying? sort of purgatory? Maybe I'm thinking about if it does lead somewhere. What if it's kind of a limbo between? two worlds like what if you're sort of stuck there you know what i mean but didn't lupin you just said that nobody else seems to know about it but lupin seemed pretty confident that sirius was dead yeah yeah because he he grabbed harry and said he's gone he's gone well and i mean sirius sirius knew what what the hell was about to happen too because laura do you have the page open i was just reading it earlier no i closed it it, it said oh, something Laura, like, you... no, I remember oh, the quote. No, off my show. I remember off my the show. quote. <laughs> Shut up. Harry, get... I'm just kidding. It's it not said... my show. I hate when people say that. It said something along the lines of, like, the laughter oh, I, had not it. quite died from his right, godfather's right. face and all this stuff. He was shocked. Oh, you wait one second. <laughs> I have my U.S. paperback. Yeah, the second jet of light hit him squarely on the chest. The laughter had not quite died from his face, but his eyes widened in shock. So it seems like he knew what was about to happen. Well, I always attributed that to just being stunned. Like, I don't, I'm yeah. not sure if he was really thinking about, oh crap, I'm about to fall backwards through the veil. But the laughter had not quite died from his face. That's what led me to think. Well, yeah, that. because he was laughing at Bellatrix. Right. Why would he laugh in the face of defeat? I don't get that. No, because he'd just been laughing at her a few moments before. Okay. Because yeah, he yeah. said, come on, you can do better than that when she tried to put a jinx on him. Yeah. And he, he was probably shocked because. You know, he was kind of being arrogant, saying, oh, pretty much I'm better than you. There's no way you can beat me. And then, bam, he gets nailed. Yeah. yeah. Something else that's interesting is is why doesn't Harry ask more questions about what exactly it is? Yeah, I figured yeah, that's what in Half-Blood me too. Prince, he would have wanted to know. I figured we were going to learn so much about the veil in Half-Blood Prince, and we didn't. I, re- I really didn't expect to because I thought I, – I don't know. It just didn't seem like – I thought the ministry would be saved for the last. Well, I figured, I didn't think we'd find out, you know, exactly what it was, but I figured we'd hear more about it. And I don't even think the word veil was in that book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it leads me to wonder, why didn't Harry just ask Dumbledore at the end of book five when he was talking to him in his office? What gives, Harry? Because maybe maybe it didn't come to mind, and maybe J.K. J.K.R. needed to keep that detail out until the the last possible moment. (laughs) Probably. But so, what about the veil in book seven? I mean, do you think Harry's going to use it? I personally, it's be brought up. Oh, personally, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah. She, she has to tie that up somehow. 
And, you know, throughout book seven, Harry's going to have to do a lot of investigating just in general, like acquire as much knowledge as possible. You know, there's talk about he's going to return to Godric's Hollow, you know, all these places. And uh, the Ministry of Magic has to be one of them. In order to... mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk about Harry going back to Hogwarts to do research, and I don't think so. I think if he does research, it's going to happen at the Department of Mysteries, because that's the place that holds all of the answers that he needs, especially the one door that he couldn't get open that had the power of love behind it, allegedly. But if you look at a lot of different sort of heroic tales, there's always that journey into the underworld. Mm-hmm. In- before he can finally complete his quest. There's always somebody there that knows some piece of information. Getting back to the invisibility cloak, did we really answer this? I personally don't think that they're one and the same. They seem to have similar qualities. Yeah, which is interesting, but um, what was that girl's theory, Micah, that it just makes them invisible? That room would be pretty crowded, though. Yeah, if it makes no, you no, invisible, no, that's not what she said. It just seems like if that were the case, then there would have been no issue with Ron and Hermione hearing any of the whispering. Right. Well, if it's a big invisibility cloak, it's just covering what's beyond it. You know what I mean? It can't be yeah. a big invisibility cloak. That sounds so goofy. Yeah, because it isn't like there's uh it isn't like if you look behind there, there's going to be like a million people standing right there, you know? It doesn't look yeah. like that. <laughs> She just said that the veil may be made of the same material as the cloak. So when people pass through the veil, they don't die. They just become invisible. I don't why think... wouldn't Why wouldn't Sirius come running up and be like, hey, Harry, I'm invisible, you know? Yeah, and J.K. Rowling <laughs> said, said that she had to kill off a character in book five. Yeah, she and did, she, actually. She, was very, That's close she was very upset about it, and I doubt it was, as in Emerson's words, Martin Miggs the Mad Muggle. I am pretty sure it was... It was serious. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah. mean we won't see him in some form. Uh, right, I don't I'm, think I'm... so. I'm not one of those that subscribes. No, to we the, have to. to the theory that... He's his godfather, and you know, okay, like, but... people question why? Why was? Why did he play such a big role in book three and then kill it off in book five? There has to be something more to it. Like in book seventy, because there was nothing know, else pa- to do with him. Even Joe said well, that he'd a become a brooding presence in the books. He was done. <laughs> here's a question: How could Sirius come back? The two-way mirrors, we've sort of discussed that. Well, I think portrait. I think that has to relate to it somehow, the two-way mirror. I don't know if Harry's going to use that to con- you know, communicate with Sirius, necessarily. Well, it all comes down to if he had his two-way mirror with him when he fell through, which... Right. I, I don't know, I, th- I seem to think we're missing our guess about the two-way mirror thing. You know what, I think it depends a lot on what exactly death is in the wizarding world. All we know is that when you die, you're dead. We don't know if, like... If you choose not to return as a ghost, if you have any afterlife, or if it all just goes black, I mean, we don't know. If if that's the case, then there's no way Sirius can communicate with Harry. Does your soul travel down? Yeah. It seems to, like Joe to tries to stay away from explaining death. I don't know. Because it's a very close and touchy subject. Well, it depends well, on... You know, it was... No, I, I don't know, because you said... Well, Dumbledore said that there are things much worse than death. And you hear, you hear in the Department of Mysteries here, uh, Voldemort say Dumbledore, there's nothing worse than death, Dumbledore, blah, blah, blah. Although, could you imagine if she started talking about what would happen after death? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, she, she can't define what happens after death because then the religious radicals really are going to go nuts. <laughs> because that, that's too much. I'm I mean, calling you out, Laura Mallory. Calling yeah. you out. 
No, the thing is, though, if we should she, talk about her again for a second. If she later. if she doesn't define death, then there's absolutely no way that we're gonna see Dumbledore, Sirius, Lily, James, or anyone else who's ever died in the series. Right, but we could still see them in another form. Well, yeah, I don't, this I don't know. True. That's a good point. But what I don't see, like, I don't know about. She's not going to define death in a way. In a religious sense, you know what I'm saying? Because then she's, yeah. then that's when she'll cross the line in the eyes of many people, you know, mm. like Christians, Muslims, whatever religion you are. Then she may cross the line. But if as long as it's sort of like a vague representation of the afterlife, I don't really see there being much of a problem with it. I mean, it, it is a fantasy book. Gandalf came back from the dead. That's not possible, you know. It's that type of thing. Yeah. And Harry Potter's just well, we gotten know a lot it's of not possible for Dumbledore, right? Well, that we know. We don't know about anybody else. And until she f- actually says it herself, I'm. Well, Joe said no. Sirius is dead. <laughs> right, but another thing I mean, is it's important to remember is that make an appearance. that we cannot yeah. that we cannot bring people back to life. You know what I'm right. saying? But mm-hmm. but Joe and uh, I keep referring to Joe as Dumbledore as Joe because you know it's really her words. But Dumbledore said that um that you know. Those who you love, who love you, like even though they may not be there physically, they truly haven't left. You know, it's that type yeah. of thing. Their presence mm-hmm. will still yeah. always be felt. I mean, Harry's always going to remember what he what he learned from Sirius, and Sirius right. is always going to be in the back of his mind. So it's not like Sirius truly is dead. He's dead in a physical sense, but in a personal sense, he's still Harry's godfather, and he he's really you know he's still there in a way. His influence his influence remains just. He's no longer there to put add any further input. What I'm saying is that if he does come back, he'll come back in a different form because maybe the veil didn't really kill him, but in Bono's words, he'll be all that he can't leave behind. It's yeah, all that the only thing is, though, I'm not sure how behind. I feel about... Marsh, all that you fashion. My, sorry, I can't sorry. believe <laughs> you were shushing me. Here I am talking about Harry Potter <laughs> on a Harry Potter show, and you shush me to hey, sing... Hey. Hey, we haven't had a YouTube moment in a while. We had to have one. Okay, no, you had plenty of YouTube moments before we recorded. Thank you very much. Now, as I was saying, and I can't even remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, I don't. The thing is, Voldemort fears death so much that I don't think that the series can finish without us learning about what death is in Harry's world. Any final conclusions from anyone? I mean, I guess we we covered all the bases here. So we're, we really covered everything about the yeah. veil. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not much to cover in the first place, but we covered everything there is. So oh, wait. I'll ask one more question. Oh, okay. If it's not made out of the same material, right, as the invisibility cloak, did, we really didn't touch on then who made it. Actually, George Washington's wife knitted it. Martha, Martha knitted it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's really necessary to find out who made the cloth that covered the veil. It's what probably, it's it's probably like... a, li- a linen, a cotton substance. Probably. <laughs> it's a what? No. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's something along the lines of like Stonehenge? It's one of those really right. weird things that someone built, but we have no clue because it's so old. Because again, it looked like in this artist rendering, it was part of the earth. And in the book, I'm pretty sure that Dumbledore does say, Harry asks him, or someone asks someone, and um, Dumbledore says that um, 
the veil was there for as long as the ministry had been there, if not longer. Wow, the ministry must be pretty old <laughs> when you think of it that yeah. way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm 99% sure that's in the book. But also, this veil area, the death room, is a stu- is where you study. How do you study death? And do they still study well, what Actually, do they, they push they, like do they just chuck stuff they, through they, it? Yeah, they, they, throw puppies, back out? they throw puppies through it. Throw puppies they in throw there. Puppies well, through the I was gonna say that they pick their least favorite person on a podcast and well, they throw them through. Bye, Laura. No, I was actually thinking. Bye, of you Eric. Again. Bye, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. He's already through. Yeah. <laughs> no, like because it makes me, it kind of annoys me. Like, why don't you just throw a fishing line in there? See what happens. Reel it <laughs> out. Someone grabs onto it, or just stick your hand through. Seriously, why can't okay. you just stick your hand through? Okay, why don't you go I'm, stick I'm serious, your hand, I'm being serious. You go stick your hand through something that kills people when they go through it. Let me know yeah. how that goes. No, I'm just saying, why don't you test it? Why don't you... Uh, maybe they have. I what know. do I know? Wasn't I'm that being a serious, theory? Seems... <laughs> Not serious, Black! Oh! Ow. <laughs> anyway. Wasn't there a theory discussed... I think we talked about this on a show, like, way back at the beginning, that someone brought up... What if going through the veil turns you into into a Dementor? No. Uh, interesting, but he's yeah. dead, so... I know, he's dead. He's dead, he's dead. But it's, you know, kind of along the lines of what if the veil is made out of... I mean, that was that was pre-book six that that theory came about. <laughs> <laughs> but but how, do you, how do you study death? I don't know. There, how can they use te- the veil to study death? There's a big death? textbook about it. Well, see, you know what? I mean... And this could just be me looking into it too, you know, too much. But Joe said it wasn't used as a torture chamber. And I'm kind yeah. of wondering, how do you study death without throwing people through this veil? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of always wondered, I'm like, what if they took Azkaban prisoners and just threw them through this veil just to test death, see what was going on with it. What if they took the ones who had had their souls sucked out by Dementors and just shoved them through? Why don't you just... What then? But then, wouldn't that be technically considered torture? I mean, it just... I guess it depends on how you define torture. So then the only other solution, if they're not throwing people through it, then someone has to go into it. Unless they're just using it to hear the voices that are coming from out out of it. Yeah, but only certain people can hear them. Right, and then it would just be those people who are able to hear the voices that would be studying death. I don't know, it just it, it seems like a waste for it to be there and not have any kind of interaction with it, you know? It's it just seems like Well we don't know that. Something's we just haven't been something's told that. gotta be going in there. Something has got to go through that veil. Not really, because you can't observe what happens after someone goes through it and if it's a one way street so to speak that's why I'm thinking that they can only use it to hear voices. Well, there's probably a way that they could communicate with whomever's on the other side of that. Two-way one mirror. One thing. No, that's just a case with Sirius and James, I think. No, no, no because, no, I mean, if the veil character. was there oh. beforehand, before the ministry even was there... And they built it around it, which really, that is how it looked. Then the chances are that there was already someone or something behind the veil, so perhaps they've been working on a way to communicate with those that are there. Maybe. Did you guys also notice that the chamber it was in, it was described a lot like the courtroom that Harry had been in at the beginning of the book, 
It had lots of seats. Is it? Doesn't it sort of look like a coliseum? Yeah. Like seating? Yeah. And so you're wondering, how many people do they have studying this? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but those those weren't. Was that ministry built too? No, I wish I remember that picture. Should have taken a picture. What if it was at one time used for torture? Maybe they don't use it that way anymore. I don't know. How could you consider it torture? Once you throw them through, they're done. It's not like... Yeah. But it's still killing them. <laughs> right, but that's not torture. Why don't you use the Cruciatus curse if you're going to torture them? So, so you're, saying, you're saying, Ben, that if we, if we kill somebody, but we don't cause them any pain, it's not torture? Not at all. <laughs> well, what? Tell me. Tell me. What would you rather you're... die? Okay, How would you rather doesn't... die? Have... have um... Go through a it doesn't matter. And have your head cut off, or would you rather be electrocuted, where you die a lot more slowly? It, I think okay, you'd it doesn't matter. Have it be quick. It doesn't than... matter what you prefer. It doesn't matter. You know, the circumstance doesn't matter. The fact is, you're still taking away a person's right, life. Right. That's not torture. You're not torturing them. Torture is yeah. Like yeah, it's torture leading up to it. Death. It's torture how? leading how? up to it when oh, you're you like, mean, I'm when about you're to die. Yeah, that, that's not torture. Okay, <laughs> torture is like extensive punishment, and you don't even have to kill them. That's uh, yeah. We don't even need, need, need to make I, a I don't agree. Out of that, but I don't agree. Final conclusions. I say Vale is a portal to death. You can hear the voices, so they can study the voices, hear the death, hear dead people. I mean, I don't think the Vale is the only path to the afterlife. I think it's a specific. Well, there's the other one, which is stabbing you in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> God, Andrew. Well, it's a portal to death, right? Not not you personally. I'm just saying. Isn't it? No, I think that it is a very specific path to a section of underlife. I just don't think that you go through there. It it would be like, for instance, if you're talking about an afterlife, like we would imagine it. It's not like you have six doors and you go through one of them and you still get to the same place. I'm thinking of it as you get into this place that is an afterlife, but you can't get out, and it's not where everyone else goes if you go through the veil. Do you have a final thought on the subject? Chain, it's like I'm like Jerry Springer. It's Ben Shane's final thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, the veil—it's—it's it's a big mystery. That's all. That's all I know about it. Uh, I don't think it's the only. I don't think there's like a portal to the afterlife. There's something special about the veil. And it, it, it could be a portal to the afterlife, but I don't think you know people think when they oh when I die I go behind the veil. I think if it's a portal to anything, it's like a portal to heaven or hell or whatever. I mean, it's not like oh, but you die, you go behind the veil where you whisper to people as they walk by. It doesn't work like that. All right, that's my last thought. Micah, what's your final thought? I think it may just be. Uh, because there's actual whispering that's taking place, maybe it's just a collection of souls in a way that they're studying. Maybe those that are just got caught. In, I don't know. It's really weird. I, but I like the whole idea that the ministry was built around this this thing and that this thing has been there for quite some time. And building the ministry around it is a way to protect it. And if it really is that important – and Joe sort of follows the whole line of this being some sort of heroic tale, which, you know, she never follows mainstream. But I think that we'll see definitely something interesting will be revealed about it in book seven. 
I'm not saying Harry's going to go through the veil or, or whatever, but maybe he uses it for his own purposes. That was a good talk. That was good, uh, jeez, that was over a half hour. That was a solid 45 minutes. Lauren, Micah, there's been something that's been bugging all of us, but you two especially. Well, as everyone knows, Laura Mallory, uh, who is a Gwinnett County, Georgia mother of four, she's actually, she's about 30 minutes away from me, has been campaigning to get the Potter books removed from the Gwinnett County School Libraries. Well, oh God, what day was it that that was? It was two days ago. I don't was it two remember. days ago? Two days ago? Okay. Well, a couple of days ago, she took her hearing to the state, and uh, she basically, she appealed to the state Supreme Court to get the books banned from the school libraries. What I found interesting this time, though, was she actually acknowledged some of the good themes in the books, like friendship, loyalty, good versus evil, which was weird to me because this whole time she's been saying the books are evil and now she's saying that they kind of, you know, go for good versus evil or good triumphing over evil. Mm-hmm. Micah, do you have anything to add? I just don't understand the whole point behind banning these books. I mean, there are themes in almost any classic book that you can sort of look at and say, you know what? there's a problem with this and I don't want my ch- child to read it. And I think it should just be as simple as that. If she doesn't want her children to read these books, then don't let them read that. I mean, they're going to come to a certain age where they're going to start doing whatever it is that they feel is necessary. And if they want to pick up and read a Harry Potter novel, that's their choice. But she's a supervisor now. She's the the guardian of them until they're 18 years old. If she feels that it's not the place of the child to read the book, that's fine. But I don't think she should be imposing her will on other people. Mm-hmm. You know what I find interesting about that? She recommended that children read other books such as the Chronicles of Narnia. And I realized that Narnia is a very, it's, you know, very religiously based. However, she talks about how Harry lies, cheats and steals. Well, what can you say about Edmund? from Narnia. He betrayed his family, and it was a mistake. Of course, he realized that, but it's another Not life lesson, just there's like Harry a witch in the story. I know! And they sacrifice <laughs> Aslan! Um, she goes on about evil blood sacrifice, and I'm like, um... Aslan much? You know, guys, this is bugging me. This is really grinding oh, my gears. It's what's bugging Andrew now. This is really... This makes me want to get a butterbeer. Makes me want to say, what's bugging Andrew? <laughs> How about we give her a call? Just try to give her a call. Okay, let's well, do it. Well, okay. Leave a message if. Uh... Hi, you reached the Mallory's. Your call is very important to us. Please leave your name. <laughs> I <laughs> bet. We'll leave a message. As soon as possible. Thanks. Have a good day. Hey, Laura, this is uh, Ben from the Harry Potter podcast, MuggleCast, and I was just calling to ask you a few questions about your vendetta against the books, and so yeah, feel free to give me a call back at this number. Thank you. 
All right. Well, that's a bummer. But hey, maybe she'll call you back then. Uh, that wouldn't that be weird? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she what calls you, say you at like three in the morning. Hey Ben, <laughs> uh, I want to ban your book because I want I want attention in the media. That's the real reason why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I like the part where it goes, your call is really important to us. <laughs> is it? Then call us back. Anyway. <clears throat> Gotta clear my throat for this next segment. Ugh, segment. Ah, Andrews. Whoa. Sorry, Ben Chain's dying. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what's beyond the veil, Ben. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, I'll tell you. I'll write you a letter. I'll bring my two-way mirror. <laughs> I'll, I'll text message you from behind the veil. Hey, it's it's time for Andrew's <gasps> of the week. Woo. That was easy. It's not an email, guys. It's, it's something. It's something different this week. It's actually a YouTube video, and a lot of you have been emailing us this video, and um, it's actually really funny because this girl nailed it head on. What makes a MuggleCast fangirl? And she got exactly right. She recorded after she met all of us, and uh, you know, went to Lumos and all that. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna play right now. There's some naughty language in here, so we had to edit it down a little bit. But um, take a listen to this; it's pretty funny. Oh my god! Hi guys! I just got back from Lumos, and it was like the best time I've ever had in my life. It was like so amazing. There's like some really stupid stuff I didn't really understand, but I got to see MuggleCast. And I got to see Emerson, and I got to see Andrew, and I got to see Ben, and I got to see Eric, and I got to see John Noe, and it was, like, so amazing. I waited in, like, the line for, like, 12 hours, even though you were only really supposed to line up, and I just waited outside the door anyway, because there's, like, some other stupid stuff going on, like, all my friends went to go see this guy, I don't really know his name, it's, like, Steve Band or something, like, who gives about Steve Band or something? I don't. I waited in line, and then, like, Emerson, like, walked by me, like, five times, and I was like, oh my god, Emerson, I love you, and he was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and I was like... There's, like, really weird people at limos, and, like, I was, like, really upset because Dylan wasn't there, and, like, really, Dylan's, like, the hottest one, and, like, some people think he's not very important, but I think he's really important because he does the layouts for MuggleNet, and, like, that's the most important part, and if, like, the layouts for MuggleNet weren't very good, no one would go to MuggleNet, um, yeah, there's, like, a lot of people who, like, really like the Leaky Cauldron, and I don't know why, the Leaky Cauldron's really stupid, I don't know, I don't get sued for Hufflepuff stuff, like, who wants to be in Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff is so stupid, there's no hot guys in Hufflepuff, oh, never mind, there is a hot guy in Hufflepuff. Never mind, I like totally loved Hufflepuff. Oh my god, Hufflepuff is like the best house ever. So, like, Jamie came up to me and he was like, Do you want a sticker? And I was like, Oh my god, I would love a sticker. So he like gave me a sticker and I was like, Oh my god, Jamie just handed me a sticker. So now, like, every night before I bed, I kiss it and stuff. And so, like, in total, I got like five hugs from Emerson and like ten from Eric and one from Andrew and like three from Ben and two from John Noe and um, five from Jamie and, um, I almost asked Laura Thompson for a hug, but no one really cares about Laura Thompson anyway. Laura Thompson isn't a hot guy, so I don't really care about her. I think that she should just leave MuggleCast, because no one cares. Like, just think, Jamie's hands are on this, and maybe Emerson's hands are on it, and if Emerson's hands are on it, that means that J.K. Rowling's hands are on it. I'd rather be kissing Emerson's hands than J.K. Rowling's hands. I mean, I was really stupid, because, like, if it wasn't for J.K. Rowling, there wouldn't be any Harry Potter. If it wasn't for any Harry Potter, there'd be, like, no Emerson. <laughs> that, was, that's great. that was good that was good well um we're gonna wrap things up now with a chicken soup for the muggle castle i hate this the seg the segment ben loves to hate this comes from reva 33 of cleveland subject bad day made me better actually just bad day made better recently i needed to have a surgical procedure done 
The doctor said to find something I like to listen to. They were going to use a local anesthesia, so he figured I didn't want to stare into space for that long. Even though it was outpatient, he said I would be there a while, three hours to be exact. I borrowed a friend's iPod and downloaded three podcasts from MuggleCast. Needless to say, this is the first time this doctor ever had a patient giggling during a surgery. Thanks for making a really hard day a lot better. P.S. The pickle thing got me every time, but maybe that oh, was Of course you're going to include that one. Pickle, 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 pickle. Now nah, that had nothing to do with the pickle. I just that was one that was just sent in. So thank you, Riva. Uh, you can also send your chicken soup stories to MuggleCastStaff.MuggleNet.com. Just put chicken soup in the subject line, and as always, we enjoy reading them. So, boys and girls, yeah, that does wrap up episode fifty-eight. We are so thrilled to be back as People's Choice winners. Yeah. Once again, so I'm Andrew. Yes, it does. Now we're up for another award, too. October 11th. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids' Choice Awards. Australia. <laughs> Who's going? I want my blimp. Erica. I Erica. want the <laughs> <laughs> Erica, yeah. We gotta have... Uh, oh, but yeah. Any, anyone out there in Australia who um, is going to be around... What is it? October 11th? Tune in to Nickelodeon. Uh, keep an eye out for Muggle, or the category of Fave Podcast. Let us know if we won or if we lost. Um, and if we won... I guess they'll be in contact with us. I don't know. They'll, they'll so. email us a surfboard, a picture of the surfboard. They, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They said it's a web-only category, so I don't know what that means, but hopefully we'll get something from them. Uh, so anyway, I am Andrew. I am Ben. I'm Laura. And I'm Michael. Tannenbaum. <laughs> uh, Thanks, <laughs> our contact <Andrew>. information. <laughs> ben, what is the P.O. Box? P.O. Box 223, Moundridge, Kansas, 67107. Send us anything, everything, only if you want to. Remember, there's no obligation to send anything to the MuggleCast P.O. Box. It's only if you feel like it. Don't feel like you have to. You can also call us in the United States. You can dial one two one eight twenty magic In the United Kingdom, 020-8144-0677. If in Australia, in, if in Australia you can dial 028035668. That's for voicemail questions or comments. Also, you can Skype us with the username MuggleCast, leave the voicemail questions or comments, or email MuggleCast at staff.mugglenet.com. Or use the contact also, if you form want, on MuggleCast.com yeah, webpage. Or if you just want to email any of us personally, it's our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. Also, do not forget uh, the interview with the creators of the Order of the Phoenix video game. For more information on that, go to MuggleCast.com. We'll have a link right there. Also, check out our new MuggleCast website! Yay. Yay! Oh crap! Is that up? <laughs> I did up when? No, but it has to go up. <laughs> yeah, um, we have a fun new uh, blog on there that we'll be posting. You know, all the MuggleCast updates, and maybe you know we'll do something else with it. And uh, all the usual stuff is there. Uh, so once again, that wraps up episode fifty-eight, and we'll see everyone next week for episode fifty-nine. We leave you tonight with a special MuggleCast parody by MuggleCast listener Tom who took some audio clips of Ben and I and uh, put them into a mock interview that he did with us. It's actually pretty funny, so you'll hear that at the end of the show. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye. 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 Hello and welcome to the first edition in a probable series of one of MuggleCast, the companion podcast to the popular Harry Potter show, MuggleCast. I'm your host, Tom Stelzer. 
The aim of this podcast is to provide you devoted MuggleCast listeners with a background on your favourite podcasters through interviews with each of the main players. Whilst many of you have met the MuggleCasters at various live events, we still haven't really had a chance to get to know the people behind the mics, which is where this show will come in. First up, we're going to catch up with Andrew Sims, the host of MuggleCast. Hello, Andrew. Welcome, everyone, to the show. But Yeah, thanks, Andrew, but that's my job here. Yeah! Yeah! All right! Who's that in the background? Is that your cheer squad or something? Yeah! Do they scream every time you say yeah? Yeah! Yeah! All right! Okay, so anyway, Andrew, you having a good day? Yeah! How's it been? All right! That's good to hear. Pickles. Um, okay. So first up, Andrew, would you be able to tell us how the idea of doing a Harry Potter podcast first came up? Yeah! Yeah! All right! Care to elaborate? Yeah! Well? Are you actually going to say something? Yeah! Well, that's good. Let's hear it then. Yeah, we got that the first time. But is there anything else you'd like to add? Pickles. Yeah, you've already said that too. Okay, um, I think that's all we've got time for. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Sims. Yeah! Yeah! Alright! Thanks, Andrew. That was very illuminating. Okay, next up we've got everyone's favourite Mount Rigian. Although that's nothing special because there's only about five of them. Direct from Kansas, it's Ben Shane. I'm Ben Shane. Ah, uh, yeah, I just said that. Uh, so anyway, how are you today, Ben? It's rough being Ben Shane. Uh, so what are you up to today? 36 inches. No, I wasn't talking about how much Subway you've eaten. I meant, what are you going to be doing today? Give me a butterbeer. Uh, sorry, Ben, but I don't have any butterbeer. It's rough being Ben Shane. I'm sure it is. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that's all we've got time for today. Time flies when you're having fun. Very true. Thanks, Ben. I've never, ever insulted your parents. There you go. <laughs> and you record it for me so I can hear it. Yeah, I'm recording. <laughs> you sound really stupid. While we're on the topic of banning, as we reported previously, the Georgian mother, Laura Mallory, who campaigned for the Harry Potter books to be removed... Yes! Oh, nice. Oh, I dropped it. See, this is why you cannot do the news and watch the Mets in the playoffs at the same time. 